to share the word of the Lord this morning. It is something that the Holy Spirit has laid on my heart. I want to, um, of course, teach the word accurately. There are some notes for you. I, I do want to teach the word accurately, but beyond teaching the word accurately, I want you to receive an impartation into your heart and spirit, because that is really what has to take place. We uh, can get a lot of head knowledge, but if we don't get something in our heart and spirit and walk away, it, it just kind of remains somewhere on the surface, and we don't want that. We want it to go down into the very core of who we are and to impart it to all the people that we that we know and that we love, and we want to make a difference in our world. We don't want to just plod through life in my own little bubble, having my own little happy life. I want to make a difference in the kingdom. We each want to make a difference in the kingdom, and I think that Jehovah Shalom, as we go through Jehovah Shalom and understand what is shalom in particular, that we will walk away and we'll, this is really a word about identity. This is really, I know the story that I'm going to give to you, it's probably familiar with a lot, but I want you to keep in mind, what is the end game that we're talking about here? What is the end point? The end point is that we become God's ambassadors and that we don't disqualify ourselves, and we don't disqualify our our own testimony or our impact on the world around us, but that we get into God's presence and we know who he says we are. Yeah. That is what this is all about. Amen. Jehovah Shalom. So first of all, I want to come into a place of agreement and prayer. So Lord, we, we are a church that believes that your word imparted to us changes us. Yeah. That your presence, that as we sing songs and as we come into your presence, you literally change us. It's not just a, a regrouping of our head, but it is an infusion of who you are. We bring the sacrifice of praise, and we have been changed because of it. We settle ourselves before the word, and we are changed as it comes into our spirit, not just our head and our mind and our thoughts. Give it to us today. Amen. So, shalom defined real quick. Shalom defined is, I, when we think of peace, most of us think of tranquility. We think of still waters and sunshine and grass by it in a picnic. That's kind of what we think of when we think of peace. But shalom defined in realness is safety and soundness and completeness and wholeness. That's what he's talking about. Shalom, Old Testament, safety, soundness in our body. That meant that's why we can say that, that we're healed in Jesus' name is because of that. It's health, it's prosperity, it's contentment. Yes, it is quiet and tranquility. It is no anxiety, but it is also all those other things more so. It's wholeness. We're talking about all of who you are, and that's what the Lord wants to bring to us in the name Jehovah Shalom. Fix everything in me. Fix everything broken in you. Fix everything that's out of alignment. Fix it. Bring wholeness to me. So we're also, uh, I wanted you to know that um, the first mention of peace is not Jehovah Shalom. The first mention of peace in scripture always gives us the highlight of, of, of its original intent. 
And the first mention of peace is actually a covenant promise to a covenant man, Abraham, before he was known as Abraham. And it was this promise that's spoken of in Genesis 15, 15, where it says, as for you, Abram, you're going to go to your father's in peace. That's shalom. You're going to go to your father's in shalom peace. You'll be buried at a good old age. So that's the first mention. The first mention is from beginning to end, I want you to live in wholeness. From beginning to end, this is my promise to you. You come to me. You get connected to me. You're going to live a life of completeness and wholeness. I want that promise. It's very personal. It's very personal to everybody who comes into the kingdom. That's what it's all about. Now, shalom peace. The first thing about shalom peace in scripture is actually a story. And I kind of want to give highlight to this story because it's the story of Gideon. There are so many treasures in here. I don't know if I will have the, 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 the savvy to give you the, the real essence of all of what I have learned. But I pray that in Judges 6 to 8 that you actually find time to go through and that the Holy Spirit highlights to you the way he wowed me with some of these things about Gideon. So I want us to turn. Some of the verses will be up on the screen. It, we're talking about two chapters in the Bible. There is no way I am going to read two chapters in the Bible and still make it apply to us. And so I wanted us to pull out, I'm going to pull out highlights from the life of Gideon. Now, I want us also to, to think, okay, what is the thing, when you think of Gideon, what is the thing that most of you think? The story of Gideon, think back. Just somebody say it. What is it? A weakness to strength. What about the? That's exactly. I think that that's probably the fleece thing. That's what people think of too. It is weakness to strength. And people think of the children's story. So we want to go past a story. We want to get into this that this guy was transformed by his encounter with Jehovah Shalom. This guy is just like me. And he's just like you, regular little you. Regular little you who thinks that you are inadequate for life. Regular you that thinks you're not up to a task. Regular you that thinks, what can I do to change the chaos in my culture? What, are, what am I? What am I? That's what I want to see here. So Gideon's story. Okay, first of all, backdrop Gideon. He really was oppressed, okay? So the backdrop is they were in trouble. They were the, the, they were, um, the prisoners, basically, of a foreign, foreign entity in their country. They were the low ones. They were getting stolen from. They were getting ripped off. They were afraid. Food was scarce. They really were afraid. They were in a bad place. They were not living the full life. They were not happy and picnics. They were in trouble. And this is where Gideon is, and he feels like he's in trouble. And they cried out. They were God's people, but they were in trouble. And they said, God, help us. He sends a prophet to them, and he says, don't be afraid of these gods. But then the scripture tells us in Judges, and you can read it yourself in Judges 6, they said they didn't listen. And so they didn't listen. So by and large, the entire country is in fear. That's what it says right there in Judges 6. By and large, the entire country has a spirit of of fear and intimidation on them. And this is where the story of Gideon picks up. 
Gideon is in that same spirit and he is doing his job as a good son and he is trying to get some bread and bring it home to the fam so that they can have something to eat and he's just doing his little part. And while he's doing his little part, I want you to see that God is patient with a people and he's patient with a man in, in doing his little job. So I see me doing my little job. Gideon, here he is. He's a victim of oppressive circumstance. He's afraid. He has no resources. Keep in mind, this guy that we're about to encounter is not a leader by nature. He's not trained for leadership. He's not trained for influence. He didn't have um, an education in business savvy. He doesn't have a book. He's not, he, he, he's not a political leader. He's just Gideon, just a little guy, just a teenager, young guy, coping with life as it has been dealt with him, with a bunch of stuff on his head and heart. So the Lord is about to intervene. We're going to pick it up in verse 12, Judges 6, verse 12. The angel comes and meets with him. i got to get to Judges 6, just a second. Verse 11, the angel of the Lord comes and sits under the oak that's in Oprah, which belonged to Joash, that guy, and as his son Gideon was beating out wheat in the wine press in order to save it from the Midianites. That was the people that were in charge and that were oppressing. And this is what he says. Hey, the Lord is with you, mighty man of valor. Yeah. Valor is great courage in the face of danger, just in case. That's, that's an old word. Hey, you courageous soul, God is with you. And Gideon looked around, and he's thinking, what in the world are you are not talking to me? This is not me. The first key that I want us to see in Jehovah Shalom, because we're about to see Gideon's going to proclaim him Jehovah Shalom. The first key for us to see is that Jehovah Shalom relates to us according to our completed destiny. You want to know Jehovah Shalom? He's going to talk to you like you really are, like how he sees you. Get used to it. Get used to it. He's not going to address my every little issue. He relates to me in my completed destiny. So now I've got to flip. I've got to switch. I've got to say, okay, you say that. I, that's how you're coming at me is according to that. Mighty man of valor to a guy who is very afraid. That is it. So what we do, we need to relate to him the same way. What explodes out of Gideon's mouth in verse 13 is basically, well, then if God is with me, then why am I in this mess? Why are the people, why, why are we being oppressed? Where's all the promises? Where's all the good stuff? Why are we here? We feel abandoned. We are stuck, and we are not in a good place, and I... Essentially, he was erping up all of that negativity that he lives with absolutely every day of his life. The angel of the Lord in verse 14, you got to see this. The angel of the Lord absolutely bypasses that, says absolutely nothing about it. And the angel of the Lord says to him, well, go in this might of yours and deliver Israel. Don't I send you? Do I not send you? That's at Judges 6, 14. Go in this might of yours and deliver Israel from Midian. 
do not I send you? In other words, he's saying, well, now I'm with you. And the lesson that we're about to learn is that when we get into an encounter with Jehovah as Jehovah Shalom, something imparts into our heart and spirit. Something is going to change us. He's going to keep talking to you about your destiny, not about where you think you are, not about your, I'm sorry, not about your thoughts and your reality. Sometimes he's not even going to address some of my, my, what I say are very real issues and obstacles. Sometimes he says, yeah, well, I am with you. And that's what he's saying to Gideon here. Jehovah Shalom, do I not send you? So the sub-key that we have to know as we relate to our loving, kind, all-knowing Father who adores us. He doesn't address all my issues. He smacks me with the truth and wants me to align and snap into the truth and put down my own lies. That's what he wants. That's part of being... Gideon's going to turn into a warrior. He's going to turn into a mighty person. I necessarily don't want to go to war. Who wants to go to war? I don't, I don't necessarily want to swing a sword. Nothing like that. I, I, I just want to be effective. <laughs> I want to be effective in life. I want, to, I want to make an impact. I want to make kingdom advancement. That's what I want. So he's not going to address it. The Lord's point in saying, do I not send you, is that this is a no-brainer. God is saying, I win, so you win. I send you, so you're going to be successful. I'm going to cause you, Gideon, to do something absolutely supernatural. And really, when you stop and think about it, let's, let's go New Testament here. Let's, let's back away from the children's flannel grass story. What this is about is being an advancer of God's kingdom. We're going to see that in New Testament, that we are supposed to be warriors. We are supposed to be soldiers. That's why he gave us armor. That's why he called us to the good fight. We are in a battle. And if you don't see that we're in a battle today, you are not awake. You're not breathing. We are in a battle. Look around. Turn on TV. There is chaos and confusion, let alone about health issues and about the pandemic. But now it's all this other stuff. We are in a battle. And in the middle of this whole thing, God is saying, church, wake up. Church, wake up. I was listening to one guy, and he said, the, the, he was complaining, Lord, when will the shaking stop? And he said, when you're unshakable. shaking stop church when oh are we gonna get back to normal no no I'm not gonna go back to normal we can't ever be what we thought we were before we have got to put on a new mind we've got to put on a new head we have got to be God's representative the way God wants us to be his representative not the way we thought we were supposed to be a representative we've got to be his kind of representative so we've we need an alignment. Jehovah Shalom, align us. Align us in your presence with this word. I cry out, God, do more with these words than what I can say. Amen. Okay, so how do I know that this uh, words impart when we get into the presence of the Lord? This is what it is. I want you to see that uh, it doesn't say in this story here that the internal workings of what Gideon was doing, it doesn't say it. it 
he really uh, were left to read between the lines, but also we have this benefit of the whole of scripture. So we get to let scripture interpret scripture. And there is an instance, Old Testament instance, where Daniel was praying and the angel of the Lord came to him. Can we get that one up? Um, Daniel 10, 19. Daniel, this is, this is how I know that real words cause a real difference in Gideon. Daniel. Daniel was having an encounter, and he was exhausted, and he fell over. He crushed because of the encounter with the Lord. He was, he was literally bowed, like, down. He was a puddle on the ground, physically. And Daniel 10, 19, the angel says, O man of God, do not be afraid. Peace. Shalom. That's what that is. Peace be with you. Take courage. Be courageous. Daniel's thoughts. This is Daniel. He said, as soon as he spoke to me, I received strength and said, may the Lord now speak. You have strengthened me. This is how I know Gideon was changed in that encounter. This is how I know that Jehovah Shalom wants to encounter you. Jehovah Shalom with Gideon's story isn't like the first mention of many mentions. It is the only mention. It is the only time that Gideon, or that Jesus, and our God is called Jehovah Shalom. This is it. This is our only reference, this story. So it has high importance. Strength comes into you through Jehovah Shalom. That is the important part to know this. I, I know you have, uh, who are you on, online? You don't have these wonderful notes to help you power through this. Maybe we can get these wonderful notes up online for you eventually. Um, it's not there now, sorry. But as Jehovah Shalom, he imparts himself and his characteristics to us as we believe his perspective. Yeah. Jehovah Shalom, next key, he imparts himself as the answer to our dilemma. Jehovah Shalom, another key. Jehovah Shalom means that we are in a partnership that's what we have. We're in a partnership with God. Jehovah Shalom. He gives to us all of himself so that we can walk in strength and in mental clarity. So many of us in this day think of peace as the opposite of anxiety and stress, which it is. It is. But it's so much deeper and so much more than that. It's coming into tune with who you really are. A person who is at peace is someone who knows who they are. They know what God has said. They are unshakable about these things and their mission in life. To be unshakable about your mission in life, no matter what comes at you, isn't that an incredible stability? That is stability. That is victory. And that is what Jehovah Shalom is for us right here today. So peace does affect mentally. The Jehovah Shalom affects me mentally and physically. So I push for encounters for that mental clarity. So after this, then, now Gideon gains enough strength. Nutshell story. Gideon gains enough strength and he gains enough courage. You got to read it yourself in the story. He says, okay, well, if I really have your, um, if I have your favor and, and you're really going to be with me, stay here. I'm going to go get an offering. I'll be right back. So right back meant 
probably about three hours, four hours later. So the angel stays there. He prepares a goat and bread and some soup, and he brings it back. Literally, Old Testament, what he's doing here is he's bringing a peace offering. You can look that up. It's in Leviticus 10-ish or something like that. And it is a peace offering. What is a peace offering? Different than a sacrifice or a blood offering. What is a peace offering? A peace offering is a fellowship offering. It's an offering that I bring that I say, hey, I'm with you. I'm doing life with you, God. You're doing life with me. I'm a part. And, and it was an offering where, where in the peace offering, the offerer got to take back and use part of what they offered. And they gave up some, and they got to use some. That's why it was a, a partnership. So that's what he was doing. He ran off. He got a goat. He got, um, he cooked it. He, you know, it was all ready and soup and da da da. And he brings it back. Now the angel of the Lord says to him, "Okay, now put it here." So he puts it here on a rock. And so as he puts it on the rock, the angel of the Lord takes his own staff, the angel staff, and he touches it, and boom. Right in front of him, like God would for an offering, send down holy fire and consume it. It rattles, J, J, um, who's our guy? Gideon. It rattles him. It rattles him. It's, oh my gosh, I have come face to face with God Himself. He knew people died for such things. You, you, he knew that he was in danger uh, and he might lose his life for seeing God face to face. This is how he knew. God accepted the sacrifice, and the scripture tells us that the angel, poof, disappeared, just like that. And that's where Gideon went, oh, no, and he's afraid. And the angel of the Lord booms out, verse 21, Judges 6, 21. Then the angel of the Lord extended the tip of the staff, and it was in his hand and touched the meat and the unleavened bread. The fire flared from the rock, consumed the meat. The angel of the Lord vanished from his sight. Verse 22, Gideon said, oh, no. Verse 23, the Lord said to him, peace be to you. You will not fear and you will not die. That's it right there. Peace be to you. You are not going to die. Verse 24, so then Gideon built an altar there to the Lord and called it, the Lord is Shalom. This is it. It's an altar. The Lord is peace. The Lord is shalom. It entered his heart and spirit. What was an altar? An altar was that place of covenant agreement. It was that I believe this. It's a memorial. I'm going to stand on it. This is our This is our contract. It's my agreement with Jehovah Shalom. I'm not by myself. You're with, you're with me. I'm not going to die. You're with me. I'm going to make it. This is what we this is what we need. We need this in our lives. We need to make this um, Jehovah Shalom encounter on a daily basis. This is where I want to go with this, with this message and apply it into our hearts. We need an encounter. We got to take Gideon's story off the shelf from Kidland, off the shelf from Old Testament, does it really matter, and right into Jesus, Messiah, Prince of Peace, and know we have an encounter with him. Constantly, There are pictures here for us to know and to walk in and principles for us to apply. That's why we're taking the time to teach it today is so that we can apply it to our heart, not just know it as a story. It's not just a story. It's not someone else's testimony. 
It is what God wants to do in you. That's why he wrote things in the word of God. That's why the Lord recorded it for us as Jehovah Shalom. So that I could know it in my life. So that you could know it in your life. As you go about your business. As you go about your places. So that you're not rattled by what other people say you are. There's a lot of labels slinging around. And they try to say, I'm this or that. They try to tell you you're this or that. There's a lot of polarization slinging around. Well, the church is emerging out of that polarization. The church is not in that political spirit. Yes, we're concerned about politics, but we're not in a political spirit. We're not into polarization. God loves people. God's after rescuing people. And in this climate, he wants to rescue people through me, through you. He wants to rescue people, and he wants you to find your courage and find your voice to also rescue people that God loves, no matter where they stand in in what identity. No matter where they stand, no matter where, can you receive it? Lord, do it at us. Jehovah Shalom, come. Jehovah Shalom, give us more. Thank you. So nutshell of the rest of Gideon's story, yes, there was destroying altars. Um, there was um, gathering a big army. <clears throat> um, there was uh, an important verse here, verse 6, verse 34. This is really important, 33 and 34. Um, it's not on the screen. Sorry. Oh, there it is. Then the spirit of the Lord came on Gideon. This is what we need to see. The spirit of the Lord entered in to him because of his encounter with Jehovah Shalom. The Spirit of God comes on us because of doing the homework of covenant agreement and just meeting with Jehovah Shalom. The Spirit of the Lord came on Gideon. His assignment is to be filled with the Spirit and to walk according to the Spirit. So, remind the first point. Gideon is still frail in in a lot of ways. He does things in secret here. You're going to see that he did something in secret. He tore down the altar in secret because he was afraid. He took people with him because he was afraid. He even offers the fleece because he's afraid. God is patient with our process. Jehovah Shalom is patient with our process. He was patient with Gideon. He's patient with us. He's patient with where we are. He leads us to places of victory. It is incremental. It's not, it, it, is, it is full destiny in his eyes, and we walk it out our own victory. We walk it out. So be patient with yourself as you grow. Be patient as yourself. Be patient with others as, as they grow. All right? So the first thing that happens to Gideon for him to really push and to, and to walk into this victory is that he rallies a trumpet, and he makes a call. The Spirit of the Lord comes on him. 22,000 people or so more show up with mighty movie. Oh, my gosh, the sound of it was resounding. And if you've ever seen any good war movie when the swords were out, you know that. And they're shaking, and the roar is out, and the screen pans, and it's hundreds and thousands of people. And God said, well, this isn't going to work. This isn't going to work. There's too many. There's too many. And I thought the spirit came on me to gather 22,000 people. (laughs) What do you mean it's too many? And God says, no, it's too many. 
and uh, I need you to cut it down. So we move into chapter 7, and it says right there that um, the Lord says to Gideon, you have too many soldiers. Chapter 2, the people that are with you, um, I'm not going to hand Midian over to them. Otherwise, Israel will become boastful, saying my own power has saved me. Oh! God likes weak people. Oh! God wants to show off. God wants to show off. We don't like this part, like at all. We like crowd, we like momentum, we like uh, the popular side, we want to be the not that we want to tell everybody what to do, but we like to be on the winning side. Hmm? Who, who does not, right? We do not like this part of God's method. Jehovah Shalom said, you need to depend on me, not yourself. You need to depend on me, not your wisdom and not your cunning and not your strategy. So he gives them a couple of ways to whittle down the crowd and to send people home, and he's left with 300 people, but this is the key right here. The key in Judges 7 2 is that God uses the small and the weak. Why? Why, why, why? Why can't you use me and be the, the big and the reputable and the, the in charge and the. Why, why? Why? Because it brings about real humility, it brings about humility and it's to recognize where that wisdom and power comes from. It's to recognize and to solidify my dependence on God and to know that anything great that happens in my life, it is because he poured greatness into me. If I make a right move, it's because I've been washed by the blood of the lamb and he imparted a thought to me. All glory goes to the Lord. We do not like, I mean, here, Gideon, he, with 300 men, we're going to read the story, I think. Oh, no, it's 1150. It's, we're going to read the story. With 300 men, he faced an innumerable, I mean, talk about that huge, huge armory. Scripture here, Judges tells us that it was without number. They had even, they even had camels like the sand of the sea, let alone all the soldiers. They, it was Huge, bigger than huge. It was huge, huge. It was ridiculous what God was asking them to do. It, it truly was. It is crazy, ridiculous what God is asking him to do. But you know, when we stop and think about it, what he's asking me to do and what he's asking you to do, little sheep among wolves, go on out there and shine my light and just watch what I'll do. Go on out there and speak life where there's death. Speak, speak life where there's death. Speak healing where there's sickness. Speak wholeness where there's brokenness. Speak my life into people that are contrary to you and they don't align with the way you believe. Do they have to align with the way you believe in order for them to get the gospel? No. No, no, no. What they have to do is you have to shine your light. He's asking you to do the impossible. Yeah. He, our story here is his encounter with Jehovah Shalom 
bolstered him and made him secure in who he was so that he could now do the impossible. And we want to see how God works with him. Yeah, just a little bit more. So I want to show you here that uh, the next step here is, um, you know what? I wanted to read this because it is 1 Corinthians. 1 <laughs> Corinthians, it says, think, brothers and sisters, when you were called, not many of you were very wise by human standards, and not many were very influential. Not very many of you came from a rich, noble birth, but God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. So who's foolish? Shaming the wise? Everybody? Oh, yeah, come on, volunteer, volunteer. Come on, we got to volunteer. Although we have to volunteer. Scripture, we have to volunteer. We don't like it, but we have to volunteer to say, I want to be foolish so that you can make me wise. I recognize I am not all that so that you can fill me and do more with me than what I thought I could do on my own. I am going to say humble. God chose the lowly things of the world, the despised things, and the things that are not to nullify the things that are so that our boast can be in him. This is our assignment, folks. So anyway, so he goes up. One other thing that I, we won't have time to do, I'll just tell you the nutshell of a story. Gideon is still afraid, and the Lord said, okay, well, if you're still afraid, then go listen to what the enemy's got to say about you. So he gathers his servant, and he goes running over to this innumerable, and sneaks in the dark, him and his servant, he goes sneaking into the camp. He hears a dream by one of the guys in the opposing army. He comes up to the tent. They don't know he's there. And he overhears one guy telling another guy, another soldier, a dream that he had. And the dream was, I dreamt that there was a, a loaf of bread that rolled into our tent and laid it flat and turned it upside down. Curious, weird little dream. His friend said, wow, I have the interpretation for that. That is none other than the sword of Gideon. God is with him, and he's given us into his hands. Odd interpretation. <laughs> I don't know how he got that interpretation, but that is the interpretation that he got. And they went, oh, no, this barley loaf is really the sword of the Lord and the sword of Gideon, and God has given us into their hands and fear started rippling through so the lord lets them peek into what the enemy really thinks the enemy is more afraid of you uh, barley loaf <laughs> go figure <laughs> if, I mean, really go figure isn't that crazy that's a crazy story that's a crazy interpretation but the effect of it is even crazier gideon gains strength from this he goes back he says all right 300 soldiers. This is what we're going to do. We're going to divide up into three different camps, and I'm going to position you here, here, and here, different, different high points. And he gives his soldiers these equipment. He gives them a torch and a pitcher to cover the torch and a trumpet. And that's what they're going to go into battle with. That's even crazier. Of course, they had a sword because it shows later in the story that they had a sword, but that wasn't the first thing. The first thing was a shout and a pitcher. That's, that's the first thing, and a trumpet. So God says to him, get these three companies up here. So they shout the sword of the Lord and for Gideon, and they grasp the torches, they break the pitcher, they let it shine, and then with their other hand, so they got that up here, and this hand's holding the trumpet, and they trump, boop, 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 boop
and they make a big noise with their trumpet so it echoes across the valley and then they all shout out the sword of the Lord and of Gideon and then the supernatural happens but before the supernatural happens I want you to take note you New Testament believer that they let their light shine they let their voice be heard that was the warrior part they stood and they let their light shine they brought it out from the picture. They brought it out from hiding. They brought it out from the secret. And they let it shine no matter how they thought it was insignificant. They let it shine. That's what he's saying to me. That's what he's saying to you. And they let their voice be heard. Reminder, this is the decade of the voice. God's voice wants to thunder through me and he wants to thunder through us. Let's have an encounter with Jehovah Shalom. Now let's quickly go to be a spiritual warrior in this day. I want to go into the New Testament and how peace is in the New Testament. Shalom doesn't show up in the New Testament because shalom is a Hebrew word. And it only shows up in the Old Testament. But there is shalom peace here in the New Testament. It's a Greek language. It's a Greek word. It's, um, I think it's pronounced uh, erene. That's how I pronounce it. Erene. And it is comparable to Old Testament shalom. Do your study. I did my study. It is comparable. It is the same. But the New Testament has so much to say about peace that we have got to have an encounter with Jehovah Shalom, the Prince of Peace. Jesus said, I, I can't even pull out all the verses on peace. You'll probably know some and make, make note of it. But Jesus said in John 14, peace I leave with you. John 14, 27, don't let your heart be troubled. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not like the world gives do I give to you. Don't let your heart be troubled. Don't let them be afraid. He's saying don't let like I have control. Don't, don't let it. I have control. You have control of your heart. What he's saying we have to back up to here and see that in this instance right here, John 14, Jesus' disciples, they all thought that he was going to take over in a way that wasn't panning out. He was about to leave. He was going to die on a cross. They were extremely disappointed. They were really confused. They were trying to hang on to words of life and struggling, really. They were struggling. They didn't. They couldn't grasp what was taking place right before their very eyes. And that's why the Lord was saying, I'm going to leave you with peace. Don't worry. I'm not leaving you like a little orphan. That's John 14. I'm not leaving you as orphans. I'm giving you the Holy Spirit. I'm giving you the Holy Spirit. He's going to be with you. We have to know Jehovah Shalom is found in the Holy Spirit. If you don't know the Holy Spirit, you've got to solidify your relationship with the Holy Spirit. Yeah, yeah. This is a critical hour for you to know Holy Spirit. Not Savior only, not Father God only who loves you and wants to pour into you, but you need to know the empowering of the Holy Spirit. You have to know the God called Holy Spirit. Yeah. Call him by his first name, not the Holy Spirit like he's some separate, secret, shower, fuzzy stuff that comes on me over here. He's real. He's infusing me. He's Holy Spirit. He's my teacher. He's my guide. He's going to fill my mouth. Holy Spirit. 
He is mine. He's, he's makes me know that who I really am. He wants you to know who you really are. Yeah. It's through the Holy Spirit. Amen. New Testament verse. The peace comes from the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. So we need to connect. That's what Prince of Peace, Messiah. He is our Christmas verse. Messiah, Prince of Peace, the government on his shoulders. Prince of Peace, Jehovah Shalom. He's not a Christmas card greeting. He is Jehovah Shalom. He is Prince of Peace. He wants to infuse my life, your life. We got to get non-religious and get real. Amen? Life is real. Romans, uh, let me see. Prince of Peace, I leave with you, flip my page. Peace comes from fellowship with the Holy Spirit. That's the key. So he tells us, furthermore, that we are in the Holy Spirit. It comes through the Holy Spirit. Just a couple of verses that I want to throw at you just to layer and solidify that it's through the Holy Spirit that we're solidified in shalom peace. Romans 15, 13 reads this. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that through the power of the Holy Spirit, you will abound in hope. Not through the power of teaching, but through the power of Holy Spirit. Not through the power of listening to another podcast or to listening to another voice, but by the power of your encounter with the Holy Spirit. Listen to all the stuff that bolsters your faith and hope. Yeah, do it, do it, do it. That's awesome. But get your time with the Holy Spirit. Get your encounter time with the Holy Spirit or you will be toast out there. You have to have your time with the Holy Spirit. Another verse that rides with that is um, out of, uh, let me see, I'm going to get ahead of myself. I don't want to get ahead of myself. Okay, I'm going to leave that. All right. Jesus told the disciples to pronounce peace. This is the role of peace in spreading the good news. The role of peace in spreading the good news is, is that the gospel of peace is on our feet. We're supposed to prepare our feet for the gospel of peace. So says Ephesians. Jesus gave his disciples, if you remember, Jesus, New Testament, the God we love, the one we serve, the one who died for me, the one who's encountering me and wants to send me out whole and, and packaged up to do his will, he sent out these guys. Okay, this is the method. This is how you're going to impart the gospel. This is how you're going to impart kingdom advancement. You go out. You say to a house, peace around this house. Interesting. If they don't receive peace, take it back. If it is a fragrance, how do you gather up fragrance and take it back? If it's a mental attitude, how do you gather up a mental attitude and take it back? But if peace is real, if peace is the presence of God, peace of God is substantial. I, a small testimony, I remember going to this lady. She didn't really know the Lord that well. She kind of knew him in a, a distant she used to go to church realm, but she didn't know the Lord, and she had a broken foot, and she was in pain, and I said, wow, my compassion was stirred. I just was praying, just doing a little, a little Christian duty, going to bring, going to bring healing, going to put my neck out there and say God's a healer, and he's going he's gonna to touch you, and banking on the fact that God's going to touch her and fill her. And what he did is he overwhelmed her with such a sense of his presence and peace. She was moved to tears 
of she had an encounter right there in an office. She had an encounter with the Prince of Peace. We kind of forgot about her foot. We, she had an encounter with the Prince of Peace, and she said, oh, my goodness, what is that? She let me know that a, the real presence of God, the tangible presence of Jehovah Shalom wants to move through you. It's not just for somebody who has a degree. It's not just for somebody who is polished and, and in charge and of noble birth. The Holy Spirit wants to move through me and through you. He wants to give himself away to a lost people. Jehovah Shalom wants to give himself away from, to you. Now you say, oh, I spend most of my time alone in my house. I, you know, who do I talk to? You talk to somebody, you go get gas. You take a walk. You go to the grocery store. Even if you don't work outside the home, you do those things. There's people all around you. You go get coffee or something. You, you have people. You can find people. God can give you people. Let's go on. Let's apply. I, I want to really apply New Testament, how to know Jehovah Shalom. I want us to see this because I don't want us to disqualify ourselves. I know you heard me say connect daily, connect daily. I want you to gain this. For those of us that are at home and that, again, we, we don't have the tidy, the notes in front of us or whatever, we, we say, well, I, I am in a tizzy. I want to know Jehovah Shalom. I want to know what he says about me. I want to be transformed. I want to go from weakness to strength. I want to be solidified in my identity as a son of God, as a daughter of God, as a child of the king, as one as an ambassador of light. I want to be one that's not cowering back and saying, I don't know, overwhelmed by fear, thinking that I'm going to get slam-bastered and I'm going to wreck the kingdom because I say it wrong or something. Those are the lies from the enemy that have come against me in a religious spirit. We're not going to wreck it because we don't know the Bible just like that. God is patient with us. He wants to empower you, feeble person, no matter where you are in your growth process. He just wants you to show up. He just wants you to... Break the picture. Let the light shine. Say something. Say something. Anything. Say something. Say anything. He, the story of Gideon is that he can use anybody with a crazy plan. He can use me. He can use you. The story of, of Jesus sending out the disciples, imparting peace where you go. Where do they get it from? They get it from their private arrangement with Jehovah Shalom, the Prince of Peace. I'm not an orphan. I know who I am in you. Having a love relationship with the Lord isn't meant to be just you having a love relationship with the Lord. It's meant to transform you so you turn into this kingdom advancer, devil kicker. That's what it's, that's what it's transforming you to. A devil kicker. Rescuer. Do I look, I mean, honestly, do I look like a warrior? I don't even work out. <laughs> you want somebody big and strong giving you this message, but I guess that's why he chose the weak and the yeah, foolish. Yeah. That's why he chose the weak and the foolish. We're all in this together. Amen. Spiritual warrior. Spiritual warrior. We're spiritual warriors. Don't judge a book by the cover. Judge the book by their encounter. Come on, we're an encounter. Here we go. How to get peace. Here we go. How to get peace. First of all, we get peace by worship. One would say, how do you get that from the story of Gideon? 
I get that by the altar made. What is our New Testament sacrifice? It's me. It's you. It's a sacrifice of praise. It's my time. It's my words. It's my dedication. I need to get into a place, turn on music on my, on my uh, CD or on my, on my phone or, or on my computer, turn on music. If you're not a singer and you say, why is singing such a big, hairy deal? Singing is a big, hairy deal to God. It is. It's an offering of your heart. Speaking words is a very important thing to the Lord. We need to do another series on the sacrifices of worship and praise because that is where you bring yourself. Okay, so if you're not a singer, let the singer sing. And you speak the words. You speak those words. You dedicate yourself in that place of prayer. Get into that place and that time of letting the Lord surround you with his truth. Remember, he doesn't address all my issues. He just speaks truth, 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 truth. Gideon says, but I'm the least and I'm this and I'm that. You're mighty. You're going to deliver everybody. I'm with you. But I feel like you're mighty. I'm going to deliver you. I relate to you in your completed destiny. What is your completed destiny? We need to start telling ourselves what our completed destiny is. Gideon rehearsed it. You need to rehearse it in worship. All right? Next, we gain peace by resting in my relationship with Christ. No matter where I am in my journey, no matter where I am, I'm not going to compare myself to Danny. I'm not going to compare myself to the, the, the highest prophetic voice that I know out there, the one that's spot on. I'm not going to compare myself to anybody. I'm going to be content that he likes me. Receive this into your heart. Jehovah Shalom says to you today, I like you. I receive you. I call you. I want you. I call you. I love you just like you love me. We're on a journey together. We're going to make a difference together. We're going to kingdom advance just like you are. I like you. Settle yourself in it. It doesn't mean they're not going to grow. It means that you just stop agonizing. We're going to rest in that. Amen? So we gain peace by fellowship with the Holy Spirit. You got to get your prayer language. You got to pray in the Holy Spirit. You got to push, push, push. You have to understand the Holy Spirit. Fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Talk to him like he's really there. Talk to him like he's right here. God, Holy Spirit, you're with me. Read the scriptures first person aloud, not just in your head. Your quiet time has got to get aloud. You have got to get aloud. Church of America is in our head. We got to get out of our head and you've got to get it in your mouth. I think it's critical for Jehovah Shalom. Get it out of your head and in your mouth. Get aloud. Say the words aloud. Say your prayer aloud. Let the singer sing, but you say something aloud. You say something. Don't have your quote, devotional time is your quiet time. Great for a, a place. Shalom, shalom. Jehovah shalom is loud. Jehovah shalom is an infusion. Jehovah shalom is a transformation. And you bring your sacrifice of your words and you say it aloud. You agree with Jehovah shalom. Not mental assent only. I am challenging you. Hope alive. And everybody on the other side of the screen, come on, say it aloud. 
Say it aloud. Who are you? Who are you? Who is God to you? Say it aloud. We gain peace by developing to control our own thoughts. Bring every anxious thought to a place of submission in him. Bring every anxious thought. Philippians says, every anxious thought, I'm bringing it. If they keep bombarding me, every anxious thought, I'm going to contend and I'm going to control my mind. Control your mind. Remember, Jesus said, don't let your heart be troubled. You have control of what's going through your mind. You think you don't. You think you're a victim of circumstance. You are not. You think you are. You're not. You are not a victim of your circumstance. It's not. You're not stuck. You have control. And the Holy Spirit in you is saying, develop the habit of resisting and fighting those thoughts that are contrary to what I say and believe what I say. Let the word of God come into you. You develop peace. It says, on my handy dandy wonderful notes, it says, we gain his peace by, number four, controlling our mind, teaching it to trust Number five, we gain his peace by developing the habit of resisting and fighting the thoughts that are contrary to truth. We have to develop a habit of resisting lies. You have to develop a habit of resisting lies. They keep coming at your head, and you must fight them off. Don't let them stay there. Don't let the lie Lay there. Come against it. Know what the Bible tells you. What is Holy Spirit telling you? Come on. Give it. Give it more. Okay, number six. We gain his peace by developing that habit and resisting and fighting those thoughts. Number six on your notes. We gain peace by building trust in God and in his word. Let Gideon. We want to speak his words. I want to say, nowhere does it say Gideon said, oh, I'm a mighty man of valor. No, he just played it out. We saw that it happened. We read in Daniel how it infused him. And it's because of the encounter. That's what he's after in this. So let's, let's pray. Let's pray. Let's ask for more. Let's ask for more. The Lord is calling us to go out and be the atmosphere shifters. Even if you don't feel like the winner, you don't feel like the one in charge. Even though we're disappointed or someone's disappointed, Gideon, he was so disappointed. The disciples, oh my gosh, they were so disappointed. They were, their world was upside down. Let's pray. Let's pray. Let's pray. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we need a stronger connection with you, Holy Spirit. We need a stronger connection with you so that we can give away your your amazing love. You want to rescue people. You want us to step away and regroup, reset our mind from um, a, a political spirit that has tried to in, in, encroach upon us. We want to reset our mind from a religious spirit that has tried to cloak us and make our, our devotional time a mealy, puny when you want it to be invigorating and full of life, we break off that religious spirit now in Jesus' name. I break off that political spirit off of the church of Jesus Christ right now. And we are going to love people no matter what they look like. 
no matter who they are, no matter where they sit in uh, politics, no matter where they sit in identity, no matter where they sit in their ideology of life, no matter where they sit, you love people, you see people, I want to see people, I want to love people, I want to give away your goodness and your light, oh God. So let our light shine out of darkness, God. The light that you made to shine in our hearts, let it shine out of us to give the light of the knowledge of who you are, God. May you have the glory displayed full force in our hands, in our sphere, in our world, in my neighborhood, in my, some of us, it's in our family, it's in our workplace. You feel like you can't have a conversation with somebody because you feel like it's all going to go south. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. So Holy Spirit, give wisdom. Jehovah Shalom, encounter such a one so they are not afraid of having conversation that sheds light. That they are not afraid of shining truth and light. Give wisdom, Lord Jesus. Light is to shine out of darkness. You truly gave us the treasure. You said that it's in a regular, ordinary vessel, clay, plain, regular, ordinary us shining out the goodness and the excellency of who you are. Thank you, Jehovah Shalom. Infuse. We had a moment in worship where there was an infusion. I pray something substantial came into you. And if, if it did, it was like maybe you didn't tap into that. Um, you do it now. And do it in, do it tomorrow. Do it knowing that Jehovah Shalom is yours. He wants you tomorrow. He wants you every day. He wants to meet with you. I pray for a transformation of our times with you. Jehovah Shalom, come. Jehovah Shalom, come. Jehovah Shalom, enter our hearts and streets. Amen. So take this beyond the teaching. Let it impart to your heart. Know that Jehovah Shalom is yours. Prince of Peace, Mighty God, Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. So, thank you. Thank you. That's a receptivity, I pray. Amen? Receptivity. So, what you need to do here is, Andy's going to come up and talk about something else. But, um, before, before, Shalom. Shalom be with you. Peace be with you. Try it. Try, try exuding the peace of God. Sometimes, I know I'm going to go a little longer. This is funny though, because sometimes I have felt like I have had a, a, a tiny little um, a ba- Dixie cup, bathroom drinking cup worth of peace. <laughs> you know, just a teeny bit, just, just, a, just a wee. And I go out there in public sphere and I dump out my itty Dixie cup worth of peace, you know? And I go, well, don't know what that did. And, and I feel very insignificant. But what it is, it's the Lord's patient with my process. Go back in. Get the reservoir filled up so that you can have those encounters of laying hands on somebody and they go, whoa, what was that? Amen? So don't despise the day of the itty bitty. Keep going. Amen? Shalom, peace.